Yeah. 
is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender.
we start praying more. We start praying for those around us. We start praying for those we don't know. We start praying for our friends. We start praying for our family. We start praying for the random people we meet on the street, God. We just start praying, God. This year is the year that the church is going to get on their knees. They're going to take this year and say, this is the year of our God. And no longer are we going to be meek Christians. No longer are we going to hide inside the walls of the church. We are going to go out. We are going to show the world what Christians are made of. Because we have the name of Jesus Christ behind us. And before us and all around us. So I pray this morning as a church, we feel that that peace that comes with knowing that we can do anything in the name of our God, Jesus Christ. I pray for the hearts of everyone in this building right now, God. I pray that you captivate them. Captivate them to feel your will and your way. And they can see what it is you want them to do. Not what they think they should do, but what you want them to do. Help us when we pray to just stop for a second so we can hear you respond, God. Sometimes we have so many words to say that we don't just stop and listen. So yes, God, while this year is going to be the year that we stand up and we fight, God, I pray that we also just take the determination. Because we're not going to get through this without you, God. Thank you so much that we can rely on you and your word. That you've given us the Holy Spirit to guide us. Thank you so much that your son came and died for us in the most perfect act of grace that we'll never quite comprehend and we'll always take for granted, God. But I hope this year we just start to understand. That we start to understand the kind of love and sacrifice that you showed us so we can take that love and sacrifice and show that to those around us. I pray this year that the Christians start becoming selfless like you were selfless to us. That we start loving others as you loved us. And then we start taking up the burdens of others when they can't carry them and show them how to lift them up to you. God, I pray that we stop making it about us because it's not about us. So often anxiety and fear and depression closes us in in our own walls and says, you can't help any others because you can't help yourself, God. We don't have to help ourselves because you're helping us. You're saying, lay it all down and give it to me, my sweet, sweet child. So I pray today that everyone feels that need for us. Just thank you so much. Thank you for all the people who have yet to come to the church, Lord. Thank you for those outside of these walls. I want to lift them up this morning as well. Help them to feel your peace and your understanding, your love and your comfort that only comes from those who truly understand our meaning and relationship with you. I just want to thank you for that and all that you're going to do and all that you've done because you're doing great things and we we can't see it yet. They're so good. But thank you for all that is yet to come. Because even if nothing else, your kingdom is coming. Amen and amen. Thank you, worship team. Awesome worship this morning. You may be seated. Well, welcome to New Promise Church. My name is Karen Gruters, and I'm so thankful that you are here joining with us in person or online around Ohio and the United States and some friends of ours up in Canada. We're so excited you're here. Happy New Year. I hope you guys had an awesome New Year. If you are with us for our first time, we have some connection cards in the, the seat in front of you. 
Um, just a spot for you to connect with us. You can put your name, your number, or email. We would just like to connect with you this week and say thank you so much for coming out. Um, we'd like to get to know you a little bit more. And then on the back side of the card, you'll notice this is for all of us here at church. There's a spot for prayer requests and for praise reports. We would like to pray with you, to join with you in prayer, and we'd also like to celebrate with you guys um, any praise reports that have happened over this past couple of weeks. Um, that would be just awesome to celebrate together as well. Also, I know we've been doing soap for these past few months, but we have a new one that just started January 1st. I don't know if you guys are doing them. I absolutely love them. Um, it's just a way for us, a church, to join together um, for personal Bible study. SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And it's just so awesome to be in his word. And as Pastor Nick was talking about in first service, he said it's just a great way to connect as a church to be reading through the Bible together. So if you haven't picked one up, please pick one up at the welcome desk after service. And if you wonder where to drop off your connection card, you can drop them off in the offering boxes as you leave the auditorium this morning, or you can give them to one of our wonderful greeters at the welcome counter. But now, please welcome my husband, Pastor Roy, as he comes and brings us the vision for 2021. Can you welcome him with me? <laughs> yeah, that's my wife. I like it when she calls me pastor. It's hot. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you honey very much Well, Father, as we look to 2021 on the cutting edge of what you have for us, Father We just ask you, Lord, to lead us and guide us by your spirit, Lord Jesus That, Father, you would envision us today to not only see what you've uh, done in us in these last seven months Which is amazing, but, Father, the stuff that you have for us in the future in 2021, Lord Father, anoint my lips to preach, anoint our ears to hear, our minds to understand, and our hearts to receive everything that you have for us right now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. amen. Let's try that again. Everybody said? Amen. amen and amen. Well, welcome to you that are here in person. Welcome to you online watching us around Ohio, across the country, and up into Canada. Um, we're so glad that you are here with us on Vision Casting Sunday. Now, this is going to be a different type of a message because I'm not actually going to be unpacking any certain scripture or anything like that. We'll get into that again next week when we start looking at the series Stretched. If our fears and frustrations are stretched by life, that means our faith needs to be stretched by God. So we'll start looking at that next week and stuff. But this week what I wanted to do as it is our congregational business meeting right after this second service is I wanted to preach the vision that I think God has laid on my heart for us for here at New Promise Church in 2021. And there will be uh, some scriptures coming up on, on the screen and everything, but I really don't have a place to ask you to turn in your Bibles to. And so as we start the, uh, the message this morning, the one thing that I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago when I was thinking about this message is perspective. And perspective starts for us, for Karen and I, it starts with it's been a short seven months ago that we came here. It, it truly seems like longer than that ago. I, I mean that in a good way. I hope you mean that in a good way, too, if it feels longer on you. Um, but it, it was really just back in Ju uh, June 7th 
that we started here, and, and God has done some amazing things in and through all of us in these last seven months. And I want to start off this morning with just some quick thank yous um, in, in order. I, I want to thank the, the search team again uh, for our initial conversations and everything during the interview. And then also I want to thank the elders of New Promise Church, because I know we're going to be changing boards today, so I want to make sure to, to thank uh, the, the current board right now with, uh, with Bob and Bill and Jason and Scott and Dwayne and Dennis and Jim and with Clay. These elders, you have some very godly, spiritual, humble men who are great to work with. They got great character, great chemistry, uh, great competence, and our, our meetings and our discussions, whether they're text, emails, or our in-person meetings, they're always lively, they're always vigorous, they're always incredibly mutually supportive of one another and respectful and everything. And I just, I thank the elders for how they serve the needs of the body here at New Promise Church with such faithfulness and such integrity and just a lot of fun to work with. So um, I'm looking forward to the new board coming in, but I want to make sure to thank the, uh, the old board, so to speak, that's going out. And then from that, I want to thank the staff. That is a blast to work with from Char and Sarah when she was on staff to now Jesse has taken her place to Pastor Nick and Brittany and Dawn and Amy back in the children's ministry and Claudia and Italo who do such a fabulous job keeping the facility clean and everything. They're, they're great to work with. And also Doreen who's not paid on staff but she's kind of like a full-time volunteer. She takes care of our worship team and everything. These guys, they all come to a staff meeting faithfully every two weeks for about 90 minutes to, to two hours where we have a lot of cross-communication and coordination of, of the main ministries and stuff here as we look at calendar planning and, and things like that. They are awesome and creative in their communication talents uh, to work with as well. We are incredibly, incredibly blessed. Um, also some other key leaders and volunteers. I certainly don't have time to mention everybody, that's for sure. But um, Pat and John Sitar, who you'll see in the uh, video announcements at the end of the service, uh, they've been uh, in charge of doing the decorating, seasonal decorating here for years, I'm told. And this is their last year of doing it. They're, they're retiring, so to speak, and uh, doing the Polar Express theme for Christmas was, was kind of their, their last season that they're decorating for and stuff. And, and they're just great. To, Pat and John were the couple of the first two people we met here when I first started here. And we were talking decor and what we wanted the, the lobby to look like and things like that. And they, they do such an awesome, awesome job. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, I want to thank my lovely wife, Karen, um, who in this May uh, 18th, we will have been married at uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We have been married 30 years this coming May 18th. And uh, she does an awesome job. I love her so much. She, she, I could just go on and on about my wife. I truly could. Um, but she has headed up our HER ministry, which is our new women's ministry. And it stands for women who are healed, empowered, and relentless, not just in their pursuit of God, but relentless in the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the small groups that are spawning off uh, on that on uh, two Monday nights out of the month and everything. And uh, the Amy Barnes concert and, and just stuff like that too. Uh, just an awesome, awesome job. So can you take just a quick second and can you give a round of applause to all of the people that I just mentioned as a way of saying thank you for their service here at New Promise Church. 
The other thing I think of uh, with perspective, because in the first service I went long, and so I'm mindful of that, so I'm going to talk a little bit faster than I did in the first service, because I got, I got a lot that I feel God's laid on my heart to say this morning about vision casting. But the other thing about perspective I was thinking about is in every healthy community, you'll find healthy churches. Let me say that again. In every healthy community across the United States, you will find healthy churches. The, the places where the communities aren't as healthy, you will find the light of God's gospel is dim. And you will find churches that are small, struggling, and not healthy. But in, in many, if not every community across the United States where the community itself is by and large healthy, there's always going to be struggles and stuff like that. I get that. But in, in, in the areas where you're going to find healthy communities across America, you're going to find healthy churches who know what they are and know why they exist. And that comes by having a vision. Having a vision that gives them plans and gives them purposes and gives them guidance and direction, and it, it's what defines them. Um, they, they, they have a sense of biblically-based uh, empathy, not apathy, empathy, compassion, and perspective of the community they look at. In other words, healthy churches don't just consider the eternal good of people, they also consider the earthly good, the everyday good of people. And they don't just consider the everyday good of people, they consider the eternal good of people. So in other words, healthy churches have a vision that tries to see the whole board of humanity. The earthly, the earthly needs of people and the eternal needs of people. And this comes by having vision. That God said in Proverbs 29, without vision, without this, people tend to wander. They tend to cast off restraint. They tend to actually end up dying. You'll read that in the King James Version. And in two other versions, you will read, without vision, people wander. And without vision, people cast off restraint. In other words, vision is like that rudder on the ship that keeps you headed in a purposeful direction. Without that rudder, the ship just kind of wanders all over the place. If an airplane didn't have a rudder on its tail, the, air, the airplane could not navigate through the air. The airplane could not fly. It needs that rudder. Rudder is vision to any church and any organization that keeps you true and on course to the purposes for which God has called you to exist, and that is simply put to seek and save the lost. And so it behooves us that that vision is clear and apparent and obvious and even written down. I think that's why God told Habakkuk. In Habakkuk chapter 2, I think it's around verse 2, God said, Habakkuk, take the vision and write it down. Make it plain so the people can run with it because the purpose of a vision is to propel a people forward to accomplish the goals that God has set for them to accomplish. And so that's what, what we've been trying to instill and install here a short seven months ago. A simple foundational mission, vision, and purpose for being New Promise Church. Simply put, it is to seek and save the lost. That is not just our vision, but I believe that should be every vision of every church around the world. Because that is truly the basic foundation of why the church exists. To seek and save the lost, because that's what Jesus said he came to do in Luke 19. And he kind of handed that mission off onto us in Matthew 28 when he said, Go and make disciples of all the nations. 
And so when you're talking about seeking and saving the lost, you're talking about making disciples. When you talk about making disciples, you must start at seeking and saving the lost. Why? Otherwise, discipleship is just always about let's disciple each other now that we're in Christ Jesus. And the mindset, the vulnerability of that mindset is that churches can quickly become little cliques and clubs where it's just about us four and no more. And that's never nothing what the church is supposed to be. The church is always supposed to be an open door to the community around it and the community it finds itself in for the purpose of making those people disciples of Jesus Christ by what? Seeking and saving the lost. Why? Because in Jesus Christ, old things can pass away and everything can become new again. Just like 2 Corinthians 7.15 talks about. I believe in a a strong correlation between those three primary scriptures for us here at New Promise Church. Luke 19, seek and save the lost. In that, making disciples of people around you. Why? Because in Christ Jesus, old things, old lives, old habits, old sins, old, old whatever can just pass away and everything can become new again in God. A new start with God, a new start in life, and a new start with people around you. And so to that, to that mission, that vision statement, we've also put in 10 pillars that hold that seeking and saving the lost vision up. And these 10 pillars are we seek and save the lost by, number one, building believers into being sensitive to seekers. What that means is, is that we have to remember what it was like when we were not believers in Christ Jesus. And we need to think about the people that are around us who are not believers in Christ Jesus to try and think about life from their perspective and then rely upon God to help us creatively communicate the gospel through word and through deed into their lives so we can lead them to faith in Christ Jesus. And that is about making disciples by seeking and saving the lost. And so you say, how do you do that? How do you build believers into being sensitive to seekers to seek and save the lost? It's by being simply biblically based. Everything we do is by the word of God And that is to be socially minded Think about people around us And intentional in our Christianity We do things on purpose With a purpose We don't do things by accident or happenstance But we do things on purpose With a purpose Intentional in our Christianity Embracing a contemporary culture Why? Because today is today and yesterday was yesterday. We cannot nor should not try and do church the way we did even back in 2009 because it's 2021. So we should not be afraid to change. If we have true faith and trust in God, then we should never fear anything, especially the ability and the necessity to change from time to time. Not changing the gospel, not changing salvation. It's always going to be in Jesus Christ. But changing our methodologies of how we seek and save the lost. How we creatively communicate the gospel to people so that we can make disciples of the communities around us by being biblically based, socially minded, intentionally Christian, fully dependent on the Holy Spirit in a contemporary culture and endlessly pursuing excellence in everything we do. By limiting what we do. Why? Because we can't do everything to please everyone. Some people would, would, would try and paraphrase what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, that it says, Paul said, I have become all things to all men that I might save some. And they might extrapolate that into, well, we got to do every ministry we can think of to try and reach everybody in the community. 
So we're going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that over there. We're going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that over there and stuff. We're going to take our resources. We're going to stretch them so thin that we're going to end up being a jack of all trades and a master at nothing. And what's going to happen is we're going to do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit everywhere. And we're going to stretch the Play-Doh out so thin that you can't play with the Play-Doh anymore. And so the better way of doing pursuing excellence is by saying right now we can't do everything to please everyone. So we are going to choose what we do. And those things that we do, we're going to do with excellence. Why? Because excellence is what impresses people in excellence. Our excellence is the, the minimum of what God deserves from us. It says in Colossians 3.23 that in whatever you do, do it with your whole heart as unto the Lord. That is excellence. Excellence is not perfection. Excellence is, is presenting God and giving God and giving people your best and then trusting God with the rest. Vince Lombardi, I love the quote by Vince Lombardi, the, the Green Bay Packers quote, coach, who said, perfection is an impossibility. We will never be perfect. I love the quote because it's absolutely true. Only God is perfect. We will never be perfect. But Vince Lombardi said, if we aim for perfection, we just might hit excellence. And I believe that to be true. Because I believe perfection is high. And if you aim high, you're not going to hit perfection. But right under perfection, I believe, is excellence. And so we aim for excellence. We endlessly pursue excellence by limiting what we do. And then what we do, we do with excellence. We don't try and do everything to please everyone because you simply can't do that. And it's an impossibility. So the first thing that we definitely want to be excellent at is we want to be excellent in in-person and online Sunday services like we're doing right now. And, and the reason we want to do that, and, and when I mean that, I mean we want to be excellent in worship, excellent in, in our musical presentation of worship, and excellent in our participation in worship, because worship is a participation sport, it's not a spectator sport. And we want to be excellent in presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ and preaching God's word. We want to be excellent in our children's ministries and, and putting the kids in an environment that, that teaches them God's word in age-appropriate ways, in exciting ways, excellent ways. And we need to be excellent in greeting people. You say, well, why those things? Pastor, I get the worship, I get the word, I get the children's ministries, but why do we need to be excellent in greeting people? And that is because across North America... That is the ways churches are growing the most and positively affecting the lives of people that visit them on Sundays, that visit them on the weekends. If they have a, if they have a Saturday service, it'll be a weekend services. We don't have that yet, so I just talk in our context of Sunday services. Excellence at Sunday services, either in person or online, because that is how in North America churches are growing and churches are affecting positive change in the lives of people. Because we are in North America, we are, listen to this, a spectator nation. And people expect excellence in what they're coming to watch or to participate in or to visit or to be a part of. And so we break it down to the simplicity, the foundational things. We want to be honest, genuine, real with people. We're not trying to be phony or anything. We're not. But we want to pursue excellence in the Sunday weekend worship services because that's where people visit the most and that's still what's driving church growth the most in North America is the Sunday weekend services.
Now, I've also, speaking of perspective, thought about how in just a short seven months, we have accomplished so much here at New Promise Church in spite of COVID. You know, now COVID is real and, and everything like that, and I get that and everything, but, but in spite of COVID, we've been able to accomplish quite a bit, actually, since June 7th. That was our first Sunday here, and that was our first Sunday that we were reopened, and I think COVID even actually helped us pursue excellence because it forced us to focus on just doing certain things very well. Because we were limited in what we could do. In fact, I've got a lot of pastor friends across the United States. And to be quite honest, when we had the lockdown back in March and April, a lot of churches that were small and struggling trying to do everything, they took a big sigh of relief. Because while it felt weird not getting together and, and not going to church on Sunday, it also gave us a, a sabbatical, a Sabbath rest from all of the work that goes into making church happen. And so when we open back up, the, the leadership of the church has had to say, you know what, we, we can only do certain things. We've got to practice social distancing, mask wearing, and stuff like that. And so we're only going to focus on certain things. And mostly it came down to excellence in Sunday morning or weekend services. So we reopened in June 7th with two Sunday morning in-person services. And I've had people ask me, Pastor, why did we reopen with two Sunday morning services? And I had two reasons for that. Number one, I think people like choice. And choice is always good for growth. It really, really is. And they say, Pastor, we're really not big enough. I mean, we're, we were small enough that we could fit everybody in here. I said, in a normal world? Yeah, probably. But number two, because we also have COVID concerns, so we're able over two services to, to sit seated apart from one another, so to speak, and to practice social distance seating. And number three, it's because our children's workers— when we just had one service before, before we came here and before we shut down and everything for a while, our children's workers were never getting to church because we only had one Sunday morning service and we were offering children's church during that service for obvious reasons and so people were having to choose to either come to church or work in the children's ministry. And I thought to myself, that's horrible because that's like asking people to keep working but we're never going to feed you. You're going to be exhausted after a while, and you're going to faint from a lack of eating. And so I equated that to we absolutely need to have two Sunday morning services for these three reasons, and not the least of which was so our children's workers could come to a service on Sunday morning and get fed before we ask them to go work in the children's ministries. And I've had some people say, well, pastor, now that we're at two Sunday morning services, why don't we offer children's church in both services? And the answer is simple. We don't have the workers yet. We don't have enough work. We barely have enough workers right now to, to man and staff one children's ministry on a Sunday morning. We don't have enough for two. And even if we did, I think I would stick for a while at this formula until we have plenty of workers so that people can get, even if they're working on a Sunday, every other Sunday or every couple of Sundays, they can at least get back into the auditorium where they can be fed the Word of God, be part of the worship, and be built up in the faith before we ask them and expect them to go help do the work of the ministry. We also greatly improved in the last seven months our online social presence. We redid our Facebook page, our website, and our live streaming, of which we're still working on that because we're, our technology is half analog and half digital. We got to get both feet on the digital side of the fence, and that's something that we're going to be working on in 2021 as well. 
Several people and families have visited here in the last seven months, and I think that has a lot to do with having two morning services that they can choose to come to. Not, not, not everybody who's visited here has stuck and stayed, but we have grown over these last seven months by people coming from churches that either didn't reopen yet or they reopened, but they had a mask-wearing mandate where they wanted to, to come to a church where they didn't feel that they had to mandate wearing a mask while they're sitting in the pews or sitting in the seats and everything. And we've had some people make commitments to follow Jesus Christ, which is exactly why we're here, to seek and save the lost. And that happened even uh, Christmas Eve at the candlelight service when six people, four were in person, two were watching us online. They accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Mission accomplished, right? But the mission goes on. It never ends. So in September... Or excuse me, during the summer we also installed a year-round speaker system, an outdoor speaker system, and seasonal greeters. Why did we do that? Because we put our greeters up, up by the street by those feather banners, through the parking lot, and all the way to the front door. Because from the, the, from the street to the parking lot to the front door, we want everybody who comes here, whether it's their first time here or their 10,000th time here, we want them to feel special, welcomed, invited, included, needed, and valuable. We want people seeing people with smiling faces as they drive in and holding those signs that are words of encouragement to people, right? You can do this. You belong here. You are loved by God. You're loved by us. You're gorgeous. Whatever we put out there, that, that's what they do because we want people to feel the love of God and Jesus Christ in every way that we can express it. And that includes the sound system out there. My, my, my idea for this it actually came from Disney World and Disneyland where you walk through the theme park and you always hear that music playing in the atmosphere, you know, it's a small world after all and everything, and, right? And it just puts you in a Disney mood, right? Well, I wanted people to get out of their cars here, and as soon as they open the door, they step into contemporary Christian music. That puts them in the mood to worship God even before they get into the, into the building, right? And so, so we, we included that over the summertime as well. In September, we resumed our Wednesday night Awana Fusion and a Revelation small group. And in each one of the groups, we had anywhere on a mostly weekly basis from 20 to about 40 uh, people in the group. One Wednesday night, we had 40 or 42 children back in Awana on Wednesday night. My group usually ran about in the upper 30s, and I think Youth Fusion was running about in the 20 to, to 25 range. We also added Alcoholics Anonymous on Sunday nights in September, and I was so pleased when, when that happened because I really believe in support groups. I really, really do. I believe in recovery. I believe in Jesus Christ. Old things pass away and all things become new. Hallelujah. Uh, we also added Her Ministries that my wife runs, healed, empowered, and relentlessly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we also added on Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings the Kirtland, Kirtland Teachers Basketball League. That's what we've come to call it here. We've been running it through the fall because we got a call from the teachers. They couldn't use their gym. They wanted some exercise before they started their day and everything. So myself and, and one other person, we trade off here at church, opening the building at two, uh, on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. We open the building about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. They play gym in here for about an hour, and then they, they go about their day, and, and they go teaching their online classes and stuff.
In November, we fed 21 families at Thanksgiving time in the Kirtland community, giving them full meals, not just cans of beans, but full meals for Thanksgiving. And also, we gave away 130 Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child shoeboxes at Christmas time. And I think that is just awesome. We did a great job. And while we encourage healthy habits and social distancing and mask wearing, we chose as the leadership a path of respecting people's rights to choose. Because we realize that ultimately our healthiness is up to each one of us. In other words, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to, but then socially distant yourself from people other than your family. And by all means, based on Romans chapter 14, we're not going to judge each other over personal differences. We're not going to do that because that's what it says in Romans 14. It says, don't judge each other over your personal differences, but stay together as the body of Christ, loving God and loving each other. And so we decided to, to allow people the right to choose rather than mandate mask wearing. And I think that's another reason why we've actually grown here. Because we've got people here that are wearing masks. We've got people here that aren't wearing masks. We've got people here that aren't wearing masks right now, but you're going to put the mask back on when you get ready to walk out into the lobby. That's perfectly fine. I praise God that we have only had six confirmed positive tested cases of coronavirus here, coronavirus here at New Promise Church. And I, I don't mean to be cavalier with this, not at all, not for any stretch of the imagination, but I do attribute it to God's faithfulness to his people here and to the leadership here as we're trying to find a reasonable way to navigate through this season of sickness that we have in our country. So we've, we've accomplished, I think, quite a bit in spite of the coronavirus in, in a short seven-month span of time. But we're not done yet because we're right on the cutting edge of a new year with God. I mean, we're, gonna, we're, we're on the cutting edge of 2021. We're going to uh, elect a new elder board and everything this afternoon as soon as the service is over, and we're going to approve a new budget and everything. And, and as we come out of the coronavirus pandemic, and I think we will be coming out of it in the springtime, I think cases are going are gonna to go down. Um, the, the, um, uh, the reaction is going to settle a bit more. It's going to become more a part of our, the fabric and the fiber, unfortunately, for a while. And, and I think there the restrictions are going to be relaxed and everything, and I think that's going to open doors for us as a church to reach out into our community and to do more things here at this fabulous facility for our community here at New Promise Church. So in 2021, I want to, I want to focus on two primary pillars that uphold that, that mission statement of seeking and saving the lost. And the two primary pillars that I want to focus on this morning is the pillars of giving generously and serving faithfully. Because as God's people, that's exactly what we're called to be and called to do. We are called to give generously of our time, talents, treasure, and the tithe. And we're called to serve faithfully and consistently and dependently, both in our community, but also here at New Promise Church. So to that end, I just want to tell you a couple of things we really need help in. And, and I'm going to lay out for you a laundry list, and I want you to pick and choose some things that you think, man, I can do that. I want to be a part of that and, and get behind that, all right? Now, one, we always could use a little bit more help in our tech ministry, in our sound, lighting, and video production. And we're very happy to train you. And, and it's always been the vision that we would have different teams of people up there, interchangeable people and parts, doing the same uh, 
great job at running sound lights in, in our video production, but not always with the same people, <coughs> so that in case they're sick or they can't be here on a Sunday, the ministry continues uninterrupted. Or if they just want to sit with their families and not always have to serve in tech and media, they can do that as well too. So we're happy to train you. Don't worry. It's not a scary thing, and it's not just like we're going to throw you in the deep end of the pool and expect you to swim. We're going to put you up there with, with some very skilled people who are doing a great job now, and they're going to disciple you, and they're going to train you, and they're going to multiply the ministry through you. We also uh, need more children's workers. Uh, on Sunday mornings and especially Awana's Wednesday night. I know some of our workers have pulled back because of COVID concerns and everything. They said, we'll come back when the COVID concerns goes down. I understand that, but the problem is we're still getting all the kids. And, and except for the last maybe two weeks right before Christmas, we still had about 30-some kids back there, and it's the same workers every Wednesday, and, and they're overloaded, and they need your help. And so we do have a mask on Wednesday night. We have a mask policy back there because it's in such close proximity that everybody is expected to wear a mask, children and the workers and the teachers. So if you, you have COVID concerns about, you know, uh, the virus and everything, we sanitize, we social distance as much, much as we can back there, and we absolutely have a mask mandate uh, back there. Um, we also want to emphasize excellence in our fusion student youth. Now, like I said, I've only been here seven months, and I'm just kind of getting a handle, obser observing all different ministries and things like that. But we want to emphasize in 2021 excellence in our student fusion youth ministries. Why? Because I don't think it's as good as it can be, and neither does Pastor Nick. <clears throat> we think that it has a a much higher ceiling, excuse me, I just sucked in a little fuzzy, <coughs> and somebody walked off with my water. Okay, um, we think it has a much higher ceiling than where we're at now, and if you say, Pastor, really, you think our, our youth ministry can be better than it is now? If you don't think it can be better than it is now, then you have a very small vision. You need a much bigger vision for youth, because we can pursue excellence, because excellence is that thing that's endless, right? I'm always meeting with Nick on a weekly basis, and we're sharing perspectives and things. I know he's young in the ministry. I'm old in the ministry. I am not a be-all and do-all. I am not a know-it-all by any stretch of the imagination, but but I've got, I've got experience and, and I've got a perspective that he can benefit from and that he is appreciating and we're working together and stuff. But our youth ministry can always get better in the preaching and the teaching and the worship leading and in, in, in the interaction and in the things that we do and in, in the transparency in developing and discovering our gifts and our talents and the interests of teenagers. In other words, cultivating the creative communication, customizing it to where teenagers are today. Finding out what, 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 what teenagers are, are not just struggling with, but what they're interested in, what they have questions about, and tailoring the preaching, the teaching to, to stuff like that. And I also think a component of any developing ministry, especially when you're talking older teenagers through young adults, is through progressively serving in appropriate ministries, getting them involved not just to receive in the ministry, but to contribute to the ministry, and not just in youth group, although that's the primary, I get that, but also getting up here, like we have some, some older teenagers helping to sing on the worship team, but also in tech and in children's and in greeters. The reason that I mentioned those three ministries is because tech, when I think of tech, the first person I think of is a younger person. Because y'all grow up with the tech. 
I mean, the older people, we're learning. We have to learn tech and everything. But, but you grew up, I grew up with a pad and a paper. I mean, we did things radically different back in the 70s and 80s than we do today, for sure. And while I can learn it, and while I know our adults can learn it and everything, nobody to me I am more comfortable with than handing some tech to is a younger person because they're like, oh yeah, I've been doing this since I was eight years old, you know, that type of thing. So you can really help out by helping to serve if you're an older teenager in the tech area. Or what about children's ministries? We have a need in the children's ministries and I'll tell you something, if you want to be a superhero in anybody's life, serve somebody who's younger than you because the younger generation is always looking up at the older generation. I mean, little kids always look at junior high and high schoolers and go, man, I wish I was like them. They're so cool. They look like they got it all together. They have so much fun, you know, stuff like that. So if you want to rock as a Marvel superhero in, in somebody's life, and if you're an older teenager, then volunteer some time, just some time, to, to serve in the children's ministries, either on a Sunday morning or maybe on a Wednesday night to help spell off an adult or something like that from time to time. you got a lot of good giftings and things God has given you that if you're an older teenager, I think you need to start developing and using in a little bit broader scope here at New Promise Church. And what about greeters? While I love our greeters, and our greeters do a great job, it has never been my desire or intention that when people pull into the parking lot that all they would see is older people and older greeters because most of our greeters are older and they're doing an awesome job. But when people pull into the parking lot, they need to see a church that looks like them. Which means if you're a grandma or a grandpa or an older parent, you want to see a grandma or a grandpa or an older parent as a greeter because you're like, that looks like me, right? But what if you're a younger person? What if you're a teenager? What if you're an early 20s person? You want to see somebody who looks like you. And that age group, especially the teenagers, are probably coming with their parents or with their grandparents. So when the teenagers get out of the car, what do they need to see? They need to see somebody who's 17, 18, 19, 20, early 20s, somebody that looks like them. So that they go, wow, this is a church that looks like me. And they instantly connect and they're more apt to feel comfortable with a church of people of their own age group. So church, this isn't an either or thing. This is a both and thing. We don't need older greeters or younger greeters. We need younger and older greeters working together from the street to the parking lot all the way to the front door, opening the doors for people saying, welcome to New Promise Church. Why is that so important? Because churches who are emphasizing these areas in North America are the churches that are effecting the most positive change in people's lives and are growing on a consistent basis. It's not churches that are emphasizing the older and not the younger or the younger and not the older. It's the churches that have learned how to master the balance, the tension between both, between the old and the young, so that whoever is coming to church is seeing somebody their age that they can relate to. Also, while I'll be leading, um, I'm wrapping up Revelation on this Wednesday night, and I'm going to take a couple of weeks off because I, I want to do some other things here on a Wednesday night and observe some other things because I haven't had an opportunity to yet. But eventually I plan on, on doing a four-week series on how to share your faith with people because I think lots of times we want to share our faith, but we just don't know how to get Jesus into the conversation, you know, that type of thing. Well, there, there's a kind of an easy way that I've learned over the years off of watching other people do it and stuff and put together a four-week series on how to share your faith 
with classmates and coworkers, neighbors and strangers, stuff like that, that I do want to share with you. And I also, I like how science and scripture can come together from time to time. And so I'm going to do a four-week series on creation, uh, the first uh, six chapters of Genesis. And I also think it's important that we never forget there's a hell, there's a Satan, and there's sin in the world. And so I'll probably do four weeks on hell, Satan, and sin. On, on, and I'll do all these things on Wednesday nights because I'm kind of a teacher. I like teaching, and it seems to be effective for me and, and things like that. But even though I'll be doing that on, on Wednesday nights, what I'm really looking for, I am looking for people who are willing to serve and to lead in interest-based small groups, either that meet on, on Wednesday nights or another off night here at church or in your homes. Now, here's what I envision for small groups, because small groups are really the stickiness that keeps the church together, but they're also a great evangelistic tool, because I got saved in a small group. So maybe your small group could be a book study or a Bible study. Do it about four to six weeks. Why? To not wear out the topic, not wear you out, and not wear out the attenders. Or maybe you could do something that's more seasonal, like, like groups in clubs. Like maybe as, as the, uh, the, the, the uh, spring, as the winter turns to spring, the spring turns to summer. Maybe it can be like a golf game or a pickleball game. We do that here. Or a basketball game or a softball game or maybe like a car club, or maybe something that's near and dear to my heart, what about a death or divorce support group? We have so many people in our culture who have gone through divorces, and they grieve. Everybody grieves through a divorce. Nobody does not grieve in a divorce. They need help. They need support to navigate the way through. You say, well, pastor, I don't believe in divorce. Neither do I. Frankly, I don't think neither does God, ultimately, really. But it's, the fact of the matter is people divorce and remarry, and they need help, support, navigating through that. How many widows and widowers do we have out there who feel so alone, and maybe they've tried to go to a, a secular support group, and it's been all right, but what if we could reach them, the widows and the divorced people, with the gospel of Jesus Christ through personal support groups, loving them where they're at, supporting them through what they're going through. You're going, well, pastor, I'd love to do that. And if you're trained for that, great. But you might go, I'm not trained for that. That's all right. We can get you training. We can figure it out. We don't have to have a lot of groups, but if we had one really good support group, I can't tell you how excited I am that we have Alcoholics Anonymous meeting here on Sunday nights. It's the way every church should be. So I, I really, really, I feel it, God laying it on our heart, laying it on my heart for us, that we need a death and divorce support group here. Or how about something more cheery? How about like a young mother's group or a mops group or something that, like that? Those groups tend to meet on semester basises, you know, through the, the fall to the winter, winter to the spring, and then they do something different over the summer or something like that. But, but the other groups, the book, the Bible study, uh, the topic studies, things like that, f four to six weeks, why? To not wear you out, not wear the topic out, and not wear the attendees out. In other words, have a start and an end date so people who are attending the group know when it ends, so maybe they want to attend a different group and they want to do something else. There's been tons of times over the course of ministry that I've run into people who are part of the support group and they feel guilty for switching because there's a sense of loyalty to that person. But they really would like to go to another group and, and see what's going on in another topic or something like that. If you have a start date and an end date, people know, okay, this is going to run four to six weeks. Boom, I can commit to that. And then I know that I can either, one, 
go to another group if I want to, or two, I don't have to go to another group if I want to. I can just wait for the next time a group uh, comes around and stuff. We have a mechanism in place where we can sign up for that and everything. It, it, it all comes, support groups to me come down under the uh, umbrella of the ministry of hospitality that you see in Romans 12 and Acts 2, but it is so overlooked and underappreciated in so many churches, yet it is so essential to the stickiness and to the togetherness, the camaraderie of the church and also the evangelism of the church. The most successful support groups are interest-based. And, and sometimes it is as simple as a sport or a stamp collecting thing, or a book or a Bible study thing, or a basket weaving thing. It's an interest-based thing that they also include a component of prayer, where we pray with and for one another, and a short discussion on whatever the sermon or the sermon series is about. Now, if it's on a book or Bible study, that's cool. You can do that too, absolutely. But the simplest way to run a, support, run a small group is interest-based and have prayer and have a Bible study or have a brief discussion about the sermon or the sermon series of whatever. Why? Because that takes the sermon from Sunday and it weaves it all the way through the entire congregation and it's a part of evangelism. Like I said, I got saved in a, in a small group, right? My first small group was a 20-something group where they were really musical. They were kind of into spiritual things. I was at a point where I was musical and as into spiritual things. And so it was a perfect fit for me in that support group or in that small group. But then, years later, I became part of a golf gang as a pastor. We would have guys who would get together in golf gangs and we'd go golfing for the summer and we would make sure we would have an unbeliever with us in the group. And it was just like, you want to come play golf with us for, you know, the next nine weeks or whatever? Sure, I'd love to. Okay, boom. And we would have, not, we'd have a relationship with that person otherwise, but they'd probably be a non-believer. And we would play golf, and in the course of golfing, we would pray, because anytime you ever go golfing, you know prayer is a big part of golfing. Oh, dear God, please let me hit this shot, that type of thing. And also, we would get into a conversation of, you know, whatever sermon series or the sermon topic was or something like that. You know, Gene would say, hey, pastor, you said this, that, or the other thing, or what about that message and that thing? And we would start discussing it, right? It was all for the purpose of what? Discipling, but also for seeking and saving the lost. People can get saved in a golf gang. And I, I was a part of another uh, small group with Karen uh, of uh, parents with teenagers. We always do parents with young children groups. Well, how about parents with teenagers and, and getting ready to be empty nesters, middle-agers, right? And, and we had about 12 couples in that group at our former church, and we all were about the same age. We all had kids that are about the same age, and we were all experiencing roughly the same things through different children and different times of life. Kids graduating high school, going off to college, things like that, right? And so we would open the group up at our house or whoever's house. We'd open it up to our neighbors or whatever. Say, hey, come on over. We've got this great middle-aged group that meets on Sunday night for a couple hours. A lot of fun, right? It's a great way to iron sharpens iron, build one another up in love, but also a great way to evangelize. To, it's kind of like support, small groups are like a front door ministry of the church, so to speak. Now, if you're interested in leading a short-term interest-based small group in your home or here at church, please let us know. We would love to help you facilitate and, if necessary, train you to be as successful as you can be in leading your small group here at church. Now, we also want to reach out into the community with some new and renewed initiatives uh, that we want to do. For instance, Upward Basketball it begins tomorrow night here with practices. Games start on the 16th. And Ron and Pam Trebek are doing an awesome job organizing this, but they still need some help. 
They still need some uh, people who will act as greeters and temperature takers, which is incredibly easy, and also a couple building supervisors just to keep an eye on the lobby during the games and during the practices. You can do that. You could serve faithfully in those areas. It only goes from January till March. And, and for all of the details and when the games are, and there's not, there's not a, lot of, a lot of days and nights that this takes up, although it is busy. But for any of the details, you see Ron and Pan Perek, who also are serving this morning up in our loft, running our video production up there. Thank you very much for doing a great job up there. And then, because God has blessed us with such a great facility, I have always thought in these last seven months that we need to use this beautiful facility more than just on Sundays and Wednesday nights. And I was so excited when we came here and we had a daycare that was successful and, and running well and everything. And I was so heartbroken when we had to shut it down in September and it's never left my heart. And so I put together a small steering committee of people and I said, I really think we need to get a daycare running again because one of our pillars here at New Promise is being focused on families. And how can you minister to families better than by, by offering the community around you an opportunity to drop their kids off here while they go to work, to take care of their children in a safe, secure, fun, family-friendly environment that's a Christian environment at an affordable price than running a daycare. And so restructuring plans are well underway to reopen our daycare. Uh, and these plans include offering one small, simple, free hot meal a day. Not free, simple hot meal a day for parents who want to pay the extra upcharge and everything. Little increase in pricing because the way we were running it, it wasn't structured very well. That's why it financially was a failure. But we think we've fixed those problems. We've, we've, and, and I want to have a uh, closed-circuit monitoring, monitoring app where parents can go on an app on their phone and, and see from a camera in the children's wing, oh, that's what my kid's doing during the day. That's fantastic and everything, right? Uh, because I think, I think it helps parents, you know, relax and work better if they can see in every, you know, little bit, oh, my kid's fine. Boop, boop, I can go back to work, do my job, right? So we want all of those components worked in to uh, relaunching and restructuring the daycare. Now, we have elders who have a vision for it, because I've talked to the elders about this. We have a director whose dream job is to run a daycare, and we have a market for it. With, with the, the daycares that are either temporarily or permanently closing in the area, we have a window of opportunity where we could relaunch a successful daycare, but we've got to get our restructuring plans in place. Right now, we have five families that are waiting for us to reopen, but they're not going to wait forever. To be successful, we need six to ten families. And so I need your help in getting out the word, in telling people about New Promise Daycare that is COVID certified and it is safe. We are certified through the state of Ohio, the only daycare in this area that could have stayed open and did stay open during the COVID crisis. It was us. And we've got a window of opportunity to minister to people around us. And I need you to tell all your friends and family members, neighbors and strangers, classmates and coworkers about NP Daycare and sign their kids up. Because as soon as we get north of 6 to 8 to 10, we're going to be ready to reopen and to be financially viable and successful. <clears throat> but within that, we also need volunteers. And that's you couple of people to volunteer to come every day, and we could do different teams of people, so it's not always the same people, to help prep and serve these simple hot meals that we would feed uh, the children. Spread the word, and please see Don Petrowski, our children, one of our children's ministries director, today 
and to help sign up and to help out relaunch NP Daycare. You'll be ministering to the Kirtland community in doing so. Now, we also want to run a, a food pantry out of here. Now, I got this thought that God dropped on my heart when we fed 21 families last Thanksgiving. I thought, God, wouldn't it be great if we could do this on a manageable basis going forward in the future? Well, I didn't know God was talking to one of the elders. And one of the elders came up to me, and they had a, a similar vision, a similar plan. And here's the plan. That we give them a box meals, a box of meals every three weeks that will last them for a few weeks. And this is by a drive-up by appointment service. And that we need volunteers to help box up the food and to help serve the food when people drive up to get the food. And we're working on community connections right now so that we can identify by appointment, not just do this ad hoc, but actually have by appointment every week. We will know in advance how many people are coming, who's coming, and we'll be able to, to get the food to them that's either donated or in some cases might be purchased just to help make these meals complete. We're not going to take on more than we can chew. You like to play on words? But we are going to take on what we can do in order to help out and bless and minister to the people in the Kirtland and surrounding communities. I can't wait to announce, and I hope it comes sooner rather than later, the opening of the NPC Food Pantry here at New Promise Church in 2021. This goes along with other smaller things and initiatives we want to do, like participate in parades and in events and local festivals to showcase God and God's talent through our worship team and through the cuteness of our kids' ministries and, and through uh, Fusion Student Youth and everything. Um, we also want to continue to participate in the Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child Shoe Boxes. Um, last year, we gave away 130. This year's goal is 175. I wanted to say 200, but I felt the Holy Spirit saying, Rory, tell him to do 175 and pray for 200. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm telling you, our goal is 175 next November. We got plenty of time to grow into it. We got plenty of time to do it. And I hope we surpass it, and I hope we get to 200. But the goal is 175 boxes in 2021. Church, to accomplish everything that I've been talking about here, we need people like you who are willing to give generously of their time, talents, tithes, and treasures as God blesses you, and people who are willing to serve faithfully here at New Promise Church. We finished 2020, by the way, with a balanced budget, and we're going to get into more of this um, when we... Uh, have our business meeting in the afternoon following this service. But because we, we finished 2020 with a ballast slight surplus budget, we've decided to increase the 2021 budget by 15%. That's a step of faith and trust in God. And I think it's always good that if you end balance or a slight surplus, that every year you ought to increase your budget because I think people hit targets when you give them targets and goals to aim for. And our weekly average that we need to reach this budget for 2021 is incredibly doable if people will be generous in their giving and in their tithing. And people, a couple of people who've already started tithing this year have told me of the blessings that they've had of God in their lives. Doors opening for ministry, doors opening in other areas of their life and everything. And I simply report back to them. I say, that's great, man. That's fantastic. That's simply God keeping his word. We take God at his word. We trust him with our lives. And God always does his word. It never comes back void. And so that's God keeping his word in Malachi chapter 3 and 2 Corinthians 9. At the heart of every healthy community is a healthy church that knows who they are, 
and why they're there. We're here to be biblically-based, socially-minded, intentional in our Christianity. We're here to be fully dependent on the Holy Spirit, focused on families in a contemporary culture that emphasizes excellence in everything we do by not trying to do everything to please everyone, but by being selective and limited in the things we do, and those things we do do, we do really well at. We want to be people who give generously and aim for excellence. We want to live to our strengths. We don't want to compete against ourselves, offering too many things at the same time. We don't want to stretch ourselves so thin and wear ourselves out by taking on too much. We want to limit what we do, especially on Sundays and Wednesdays, so those things that we do, we do very, very well. And we live by the motto that this is who we are, this is what we do, and this is how it is. Because this is where we're at at this point in our history here at New Promise Church. See, that church is having a vision. A vision is knowing who you are, what you do, and then saying, and this is how it is. I got to close with a quick story. Ray Crockett, the founder of McDonald's, he wanted to make the best hamburgers, right? And then if you saw the movie, he wanted to make the best hamburgers in North America and stuff, and he wanted to get it to people in three minutes, right? Drive through, not drive through, but walk up window service and everything. And so he started franchising, and all of his franchises, some of them wanted to go, oh, let's do chicken. Well, let's add pizza. Let's do this, let's do that, let's do pie. Let's do the other thing. Ray went around the country and said, no, 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 no. If we want to get known for being really good at hamburgers, remember there was a time in life where McDonald's was known for really good hamburgers. He said, if we want to get known for really good hamburgers, this is who we are. This is what we do. And this is how it is. And they built a multi-billion dollar industry from it because they had a vision. It's tempting to want to do everything to please everyone, but that's not vision. That's called blurriness. Vision is a focused vision that says this is who we are, this is what we do, and this is how it is for right now. That's having a vision that will accomplish seeking and saving the lost, making disciples of the community around us here in Kirtland and the surrounding communities. And church, this is our vision for 2021. God has given it to us. It has been articulated. It is attainable. It is doable. All we have to do is the work of the ministry to get it done. And we can do it with God's help. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you for your word. Your word's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path, and it challenges us. It, it calls us with a clarion call to get our eyes up higher than the horizon of our own humanity and to see life from your heavenly perspective. And so, Father, I ask you this morning to help us not just be hearers of the word, but help us to do what it says. Help us to run with the vision, Lord Jesus, that you have given us for 2021. Thank you for blessing us in 2022. Now it's a new year with you. Help us to run the race of faith with this vision for 2021. Help us to reopen the daycare. Help us to open the food pantry. Help us to minister to the lives of people around us. Help us to get small groups going, Lord. Help us to pursue excellence in the few things and the limited things that we do. Help us to do them with excellence because you are more than worthy of it, Lord. And it impacts and impresses the lives of people around us. And that's why we're here, to get their attention, 
so we can lead them to faith and trust in you, to make disciples of people around us by seeking and saving the lost, so that in their lives, old things can pass away and all things can become new with you through Christ Jesus. Help us run with this vision. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen, amen. God bless you. Now, for you in person and you watching us online, here's what's coming up next at New Promise Church. A big thank you to John and Pat Sitar for the many years of decorating for Christmas and throughout the year. This Wednesday, January 6th, Kathy Conrad's small group, Connecting with God, will be meeting at 10 a.m. here at NPC. For more information, contact Kathy Conrad. Our Wednesday night programs resume this Wednesday night, January 6th, including Awana, Fusion, and Pastor Rory's final small group on the Book of Revelations. Next Sunday, Pastor Rory will be starting a new series called Stretch, talking about how if you've ever had fears and frustrations stretched by life, then you need to have your faith stretched by God. Fusion students, join us on January 24th for a Sunday fun day. We will be spending the afternoon snow tubing at Brandywine Resort. We will be leaving from the church at 12.30 and returning at 4.30 p.m. Cost is $30 a student and can be paid on the New Promise website. Hope to see you there. Upper basketball practices begin tomorrow and the season tips off on January 16th. But we still need your help. We need game day greeters and practice night supervisors. Please see Ron or Pam Perfect today and tell them you'll show up to support Upward Basketball. Thank you for being here today at New Promise Church. Remember, we have our congregational business meeting today, shortly after second service. We'll also be celebrating Dwayne Hoffmeyer's birthday with coffee and cake. All righty, we definitely will be celebrating Dwayne Hoffmeyer's birthday. 80 years that God has blessed the earth with Dwayne. I've only known Dwayne for seven months, and I'm already in love with the guy. Um, he's got excellent character, and he's an excellent quality person, and he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He's got great faith in God. And so we'll be celebrating Dwayne's uh, birthday this afternoon with cake immediately following the uh, business meeting that follows this service in about uh, just a few minutes. Um, I would remind you tomorrow morning, uh, if you are available to stop by the church, uh, getting here around between 9 and 10 o'clock, and if you have the morning to give, uh, we're going to undecorate the church. We've got a small crew of people that are, are already committed to doing that, but many hands make light work. We need to take down all the Christmas decorations, including that big tree out in the lobby, that beautifully decorated tree out in the lobby, and also uh, these trees up here and everything. So if you could show up uh, about 9, 10 o'clock, and if you could plan to spend until about 11 30 12 o'clock i'll make sure we have donuts plenty of donuts and coffee here and uh, many hands do make light work we thank you for that there are three ways to give and support the ministries here at new promise church that you see on the screen right now one way is online go to our website click on give follow the very simple instructions and you can either give a one-time gift or reoccurring gift on the website it's very safe and secured it's that part of the website is totally encrypted and so all of your uh, credit card 
card, debit card information is safe. Um, also, you can give in person by simply taking your offering and either putting it in the offering boxes as you exit today or put it in an envelope, uh, check or cash, whatever. Put your name on it. Put it in the offering boxes as you leave. We'll make sure that you get year-end credit for for 2021. And also, you can mail in your giving. Uh, just uh, find our address, uh, New Promise Church at Euclid Chardon, 8671 U Euclid Chardon Road here in Kirtland, Ohio. Uh, zip code is 44099, I think. 44094. For those of you at home, I haven't learned the zip code yet. Um, and simply put FE, the initials FE, in the lower left-hand corner of the envelope. That way we'll know it needs to go to our finance elder. Please don't send cash. That's never secure in the mail. But if you send a check, just make it out to New Promise Church. We thank you so much for your faithful and I know sometimes sacrificial giving. Um, the last announcement that I have is I've been asked by the elders that as soon as we pray and dismiss, if we could actually clear the auditorium for just a few minutes, and then they would like everybody who's staying for the uh, business meeting to please enter through the one door over here to my, my left, your right, so that people who are official voting members can be registered in to vote and seated in a certain section. Everybody is welcome to uh, stay for the business meeting. During the business meeting, um, I think it's a, business meetings are a great time, among other things, to answer your questions. So during the business meeting, we'll have time to uh, answer your questions that they have to do with our vision, have to do with anything I talked about this morning, or have to do with anything else at all. Uh, I'd be happy to take your questions and answer them as best as I can. Let's close in prayer right now, though. Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to bless us and keep us. Continue to make your face shine upon us, and please be gracious to us. Raise up your spirit upon us and give us your peace, Lord Jesus. Help us to live out your word, follow your spirit by living out your word every day of our life this week. Help us to live this vision, even from this point now forward, we pray. In your name, Lord Jesus, and make us a blessing to the people around us this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in today and coming out this morning. Have a great day.